Well, it's a long way from London's Elephant and Castle to Hollywood, and the shortest distance between two points is not always a straight line, as my story is going to prove. But then I've never been known for doing things the easy way. I wouldn't have minded easy, but things just never worked out like that. In fact, although I couldn't have known it at the time, they worked out a whole lot better. Eighteen years ago, I thought that my career as an actor was over, so I wrote my autobiography, What's It All About, to round off my professional life. And that, as far as I was concerned, was that. Fortunately, and not for the first time, I was wrong. Very wrong. The best was yet to come. Which, when you look back at my life, the crazy sixties, the stardom, the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, It's really saying something. The last 18 years have been different, different style, different places, and different ideas of happiness. But different has not only been good, it has been better than I could ever have imagined. So this is a story of a man who thought it was all over and found out it wasn't. It's a story of the last 18 years, but it's also the story of where I came from and where I'm going. I know many people have read my first book, but you don't get to my age without looking back, and God knows I've been to plenty of memorial services. So I'm not going to apologize for telling some of the old tales, but there are plenty of new stories too, because I've had the good fortune to work with a whole new generation of movie stars, and that puts me in a uniquely privileged position. There aren't many actors whose career has spanned nearly 50 years of movie making, from Zulu to The Dark Knight, and there aren't many actors who have had Happy Birthday sung huskily and Marilyn-like into their ear, both by Carly Simon and Scarlett Johansson, twenty years apart. Everyone gets lucky now and then, and I've had some lucky breaks. I've been lucky too with friends and agents and supporters who have all looked out for me, but if there's one person I feel I owe for the way the last eighteen years have gone, it's Jack Nicholson. In fact, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be reading this book to you now. I have Jack to thank for the resurrection of my movie career. I know he's not everyone's idea of a fairy godmother, but he did it for me. I'll explain how later. But it could have all been very different. This is not a serious tome by a pompous old actor. Above all, I am an entertainer, so please feel free to laugh. I want to share the joy and the fun and the good fortune I've had with friends to tell you about things I've done and the places I've been and about how, when I got there, it was never the way I thought it would be. In many ways, this is an innocence venture into the unknown. So I'm pleased you want to come along for the ride. To you and me, bon voyage. When I finished my first autobiography... 1992 seemed to be like a good place to stop. I had a great film career, a worldwide bestseller, some restaurants, a beautiful house, and most importantly of all, a loving family. Christmas, the New Year's Eve 1991, I'd spent in Aspen, Colorado, as guests of Marvin and Barbara Davis, the Texan old billionaires and socialites. We stayed at the Little Nell Inn, which Marvin happened to own, and we were surrounded by friends, including Lenny and Wendy Goldberg, Sean Connery and his wife Micheline, and Sidney and Joanna Poitier. It was a fabulous group to spend a holiday with. I don't ski, but I have really worked hard at developing my après-ski skills, 
and that is what Aspen is all about. As we sat around enjoying the sunshine, gossiping about old times, and eating fabulous food with this great group of people, I felt pretty happy with my lot. Everyone there had been a part of my life since I first got to Hollywood. Although, in fact, I'd met Sean in London back in the late 1950s at what was then called a bottle party. If someone was giving a party in those days and couldn't quite afford it, the invitation would be, bring a bottle and a bird. I was broke so that I couldn't afford to bring a bottle, so I brought two birds, and they were very beautiful girls. I walked into this party, and there was Sean, who seemed enormous, compared with the rest of us weedy-type actors, and he saw me with those two girls, and I became his instant new best friend. That period back in the 1950s was a tough time for me, perhaps the toughest I've ever known, and I was living hand-to-mouth through much of it, owing small sums of money to people all over London and often having to cross the road to avoid creditors. Of course, what I couldn't have foreseen was that years later, Shirley MacLaine would choose me to play opposite her in Gambit and give me a welcome to L.A. party and in would walk Sidney Poitier. And that Sidney would become my instant new best friend. Aspen with old friends was followed by a period back in Hollywood. I felt on top of the world. Things could only get better. I was completely oblivious to the downturn in store for me. My wife Shakira and I had bought a small house with a fantastic view, not on a Beverly Hill, but in the more modest district of Truesdale. It was a holiday home, really. Our main base was back in England. But we wanted to be close to our dear friend, the great agent Swifty Lazar, whose wife Mary was very sick. Apart from Mary's illness, there was no sign of impending doom. Nothing seemed to have changed. Our old friends were all in town. As with our New Year's at Aspen, the dinner we had one night at Chasen's Restaurant in Hollywood with Frank and Barbara Sinatra, Greg and Veronique Peck, George and Jolene Schlotter, seemed to reflect all that was good in our lives. It was a great Hollywood evening, full of in-jokes, including a prime one from George that seemed to sum up perfectly the relationship between actors and their agent. George is one of the great TV producers, the man who discovered Goldie Horn in his fantastic show Rowan and Martin's Laughing, and every bit as funny as the shows he's produced. I've been lucky. My agents have always been close friends, but the relationship between stars and agents is usually quite distant socially. In fact, that dinner at Chasen's and the one the following week at Barbara Streisand's, all art deco and sensational shaker furniture, were to be the last high for quite some time.